Every town has its story. Every pub has its tale. Every group of friends knows that one place, a place we want to go, but don't. So sit back and let us fill your hearts with glee and dazzle your ears like trumpets. This is our local haunts episode, and we are Tea and Grumpets. Welcome to the Tea and Grumpets podcast, um, the first episode in our Halloween special for 2021. Um, we've got a delicious menu of savoury, scary tales with a side of delicious, terrifying tremors of local hauntings to serve up to you this week. Um, but this wouldn't be Tea and the Grumpets without an intro to my good friend and colleague and co-host, Mike. And how have you been? I've been pretty well, thanks for asking. Uh, we are in the transition from summer to fall, and everything is dying, so it's wonderful. Um, just came back from a fair, picked up some cool horror t-shirts. Um, very much looking forward to this episode. I did a whole bunch of research, so I am ready to talk ghosts and what, ghouls and the such. What type of fair was it? This was a street fair. Um a lot of people a lot a lot of people and there were rides there were merchants and vendors and i found one that had this really cool tie-dye uh freddy krueger shirt so i picked that up because uh we have tie-dye day at work and then i thought about it a little bit more and i said i really can't wear that to work okay so now i own a tie-dye freddy (laughs) krueger shirt anyway so yeah it was wonderful and I am so ready for this episode. How have you been, sir? Um, I've been very well, actually. I've been reading uh, like a uh, man possessed at the moment. I've been tearing three books. So, so many books. Um, what have I read this week? Uh, this week just gone. I've read Jaws. I've read The Amityville Horror. I'm now reading The Exorcist. Um, and I'm reading the third part of Isaac Asimov's Foundation. Um, yeah, that's all I'm doing now is just reading, 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 obsessed with reading. Um, yeah, and fun, funny enough, the Amityville Horror, which is um, set on the same locale as Mike. Um, yeah, uh, I read it from start to finish. Uh, Jay Anson telling the story of the Lutzes and their 28 days of horror inside 112 Ocean View, is it Ocean View Drive? Avenue, no, Ocean Avenue. Ocean Avenue, that's it. Um, yes, so I came away with some conclusions to that story. And they are? Uh, I think they're lying. <laughs> oh! Oh, okay. <laughs> it's right, well, an yeah. original hot take on it. Um, yeah, I, wow. I just... It's just too much. <laughs> too much in there. Um, Was it the blood pouring out of the walls that did it for you? Uh, or... To, that was the movie, but yeah, still. To, to be honest, um, the book is written... Um, it reminded me of Truman Capote's In Cold Blood, where it's facts, supposed facts written in the style of a novel, 
but it's a non-fiction book. Uh, so yeah. it's basically like non-fiction fiction. Um, I think he's taken a lot of artistic license to it myself. Um, I mean, it might have all happened. Who am I to, to discount it? That's the idea of ooh, spooky Halloween. Uh, but generally anything that's got the uh, Warrens attached to it, I tend to take a very large pinch of salt anyway. True. Very true. Yes. So. We love the Warrens on this show. Yes, we do. And, uh, you know, since it's so local, it, I'm now three towns away from the house. Uh, you know, I, I love talking about it and listening to it. And I got to read the book. I really do. But we are here to talk about local haunts. And uh, although we could speak about Amityville for at least another six hours, we do have two whole podcasts dedicated to it. So you can take a listen. But uh, this week, we are going to start even more local. So, Glenn, would you uh, care to start with something from your side of the pond? Uh, yes, I would actually. I will. I will tell you the tale of. Um, have you ever heard of Dunnage? No. no. Right. Okay. So Sh- should I? Like, it sounds like a type of porridge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so no, th- this town is. Um, it's What's on the. Town? It's on the east coast of um, Suffolk. Uh, Suffolk County or County of Suffolk in England and it's basically a town that fell into the sea um, nice and when I say fell into the sea they they had a um, friary there so you know that it was a, a place where monks um, resided and the whole thing collapsed into the sea and I don't just mean uh, like the cliff erosions, this took a church with it, this took buildings with it, and it took um, some lovely <laughs> half the coffins and left half of them um, sticking up the side of the cliffs. Oh, yeah, I think I've heard this. Yeah, um, uh, this, and I've actually I've been there several times. Uh, the coffins are long gone. Uh, they, Grave Robin, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> they, I think they removed them and reburied them. Um, but hopefully, up, yeah. But I actually went up there on a ghost hunting uh, expedition with some uh, a group of ghost hunters, and uh, what we were looking for is the uh, residents who are said to walk the cliffs and coasts and then descend into the sea to look for their lost homes. Um, and supposedly, if you stand and listen long enough, you can hear ghostly church bells from beneath the waves. Um, mm. And there are also a lot of other stories of people encountering a man that walks the cliffs and this person has addressed them, walked with them, only for them to turn around and their companion is gone. Um, one, of the, one of the other actual... Uh, legends of Dunnage. Uh, I'm not really not selling this place. I will. I will get to the story of what happened when I went there. Um, is the local um, priory, which is just pure ruins where people are said to encounter ghostly visages of monks who are going about their day-to-day business, uh, really not understanding that they've moved on to the spectral plane. Um, but anyway, I will tell you the story of my journey to Dunnage. So it was a long time ago. I would say at least 12 years ago. Um, and 
like all good tales, this began on a snowy, snowy night. <laughs> um, mm. A snowy night, and I was driving a 4x4 at the time, and we had arranged to journey up to Dunwich and spend the night investigating the ruins and the cliff tops. So, I'm, I'm driving up there with an, uh, an, an old friend of mine um, heading towards Dunwich, uh, and it really is, if you imagine the main roads, and then you go onto secondary roads, and then you go onto what can only be described as very small tracks, uh, the road quality was becoming terrible on the way up there. Um, so we're, we're driving into the town, and I'm having to slow down, because I can't see, because this blizzard is coming in. Um, and it, it wasn't really the right time to be heading towards a place like this. So, I'm going there, and the first scare we actually have is uh, I had to stop to work out where we were, and I turn and looked, looked to my right, and I just see this beast of an animal standing next to my window. Um, actually jumped out of my seat thinking it was a bear, even though we don't have bears in the UK, um, <laughs> before realising it was a huge stag, and I'd never seen a stag before, and I've never seen one since, but this animal was just a presence, just standing there next to my car whilst it then retreated back into these woods and done that thing all deers do and they can just vanish like an elf. They're gone. If they don't want you to see them, you're not going to see them. Anyway, hmm. so we drive there and we park up um, and we're waiting for these other people and we're sitting there in this car park and this, this is pitch black. There are very few lights around. Um, and what happens is I get bored and this is in my younger days and I thought to scare, scare my friend a bit I start revving my car up in this empty car park and it's covered in snow and do, do you know what a, uh, a donut is Mike in a car? Yeah. Yep. yeah I was doing those in this car park basically making this car spin <laughs> on road with no grip uh, spin around and then stop and laughing to myself like in this car <laughs> driving really fast pulling on the handbrake making the car spin around and he's screaming at me to stop um so yeah, of eventually as you've seen yep yeah. so eventually i stop um and we're sitting there and we're, we're in the dark um got no lights on and we glance over and we, we we see these three guys walking they're like walking along uh if you can imagine this is car parks like uh, the, the guys basically start coming up below the car park and they're, they're carrying something with them and in the light of day I think it was fishing gear but to an overactive mind at night it looked like they were wow. carrying a body <laughs> wrapped up Jeez. that they feed into the back of this car uh, and then drive away so anyway hmm. so um, that was creepy um, we sat both sat there like I don't know if we want to acknowledge we've been seen now. Just let's not get out until they've left. So we, we gave it a good 10 minutes till these guys had actually left. Um, and then we get a phone call. The other people are turning up. We tell them where we are. We get out. Hoods up. Scarfs on. We walk over. The first thing that was terrifying that night is we walk over to the car park edge. And you've got my tyre tracks where I've been skimming around in the car park. And I kid you not, 
they were about a meter away from the cliff edge that <laughs> took you down into the sea. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's the first scare of the night. It was like I could have gone down there. What an idiot! Um, you know, I was basically skating along the top of a cliff in a car. So the first port of call we go to is the Prairie. And we go there, and this place has no no lights at all. We, it's it's to the point of, you know, th this is before cameras, uh, phones had lights on them, so we've got these crappy torches slash flashlights, and you can't see anything in there. So we're kind of having to feel our way around. Um, one of the most terrifying things I've done because you're basically inside of a field in an abandoned prairie, looking around. Um, we spent hmm. we spent about an hour there, freezing in the snow, and all we're seeing of each other is the occasional face coming out of the darkness. Um, so, if you imagine, we're walking around this ancient stone building that's at least 900 years old, uh, and these faces are kind of dissolving in and out of darkness where you're occasionally seeing someone else, or you're standing there doing a vigil, because that's what ghost hunting is a lot of the time. People just stand around hoping they'll catch something. Um, yeah. So we didn't see anything there. Now, next. Now hold on, yep. hold on, hold on. There's a lot going on here. All right. First off, you were driving a four by four. That's like the, that all road terrain yeah. vehicle, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So you're driving in the snow on this thing mm -hmm. with ghost hunters. Uh, they are a separate car. Okay. Okay. So you're the only lunatic driving on a four by four. Yeah. Okay, just where did you acquire this 4x4? Oh, I bought it. Okay, all right. Now, then you said you saw three men carrying a dead body, or am I just hallucinating? Uh, well, <laughs> well, I think it was fishing gear in the light of day, but it was essentially uh, very long, a good six foot, wrapped up that they put in the back of their car and drove off. Now, in the, in the dead of night... We saw all this as almost like, if you could imagine it, we couldn't actually see them. It's almost like they were lit from behind. And all we saw were these silhouettes and the occasional little okay. bit of detail. Um, okay. And, yeah, we just like, it was, we, we made the decision to stay in the car and just observe them and not get out until um, they'd actually finished their business and gone. Uh, and then you were worried about how you would look so you put up your hoods and stuff like trying to be discreet <laughs> they just carried out a dead body yeah well it, it was more like oh god if that is a body i can vaguely remember the conversation if that is a body <laughs> uh, they wouldn't want us not knowing they've been loading a body in um yeah so it, 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 anyway i don't think it was a body i think it was fishing gear anyway okay so we're, we're around this priory and we're walking around and you're just getting these, these faces melt in and out of darkness every now and, and those again. are your friends yeah they, 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 these okay. are my friends but because no one has brought a proper torch because it's a like mickey mouse organization so you're just it's also not amnesia the game like you don't need a torch or is that a flashlight is it's a flashlight yeah oh, okay okay yeah uh and it's just you're just seeing these faces merge in and out of the darkness um which was creepy enough because you'd occasionally see something move and you'd just see a face and be like oh my god it's it's fred or whatever um and eventually we gave up on that and then we walked through these woods uh to head towards the beach now these these woods were i i don't think a human had walked through them in years because it was essentially just overhanging and just scratching your face as you're walking through so 
we're stumbling through these woods trying to find our way down to this beach now um eventually we, we find our way through but it was pure luck that we even found our way out of these woods because we got into them we can't really see anything and you know it's snowing we're disorientated anyway absolutely beautiful and picturesque but not the right time to be going anywhere looking for ghosts when it's pitch black and it's snowing um, and you're in a place like this anyway hmm. so we go there and we spend some time in these supposed haunted woods are they haunted i just don't know um we didn't see anything in the woods either <laughs> what a surprise yep so the next thing we we do is um it's it's been about three hours there and we decided to go and spend some time on the beach we're not right we're going to go anywhere we'll go down to the beach so we we make our way down the cliffs end up on the beach um we get to the beach and there's a few of us standing there and the more uh what's the word i'm looking for moulderish people of the group wow. decide they want to do a, a Ouija board on the beach. On the beach. <laughs> on the okay. beach. Uh, and it, it, it was very, very surreal. So they're, they're standing there and they, they are doing this Ouija board um, and they like, do you want to join in? I'm like, no. <laughs> like, are you frightened? I was like, no, it just looks That's ridiculous. That's how you get cursed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, it just, just looks ridiculous. Uh, and this is absolutely freezing. And I'm standing there and I'm staring at the sea and I'm, I'm just hoping I can hear something. Like a bell or something. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, there's, there's no bell. Uh, but the one thing, <laughs> the one thing I did see is... And this can be explained away quite easily, but I remember this. I turn back around from looking at the sea. So if you imagine they're on the beach, I'm nearer to sea than they are. They're doing their Ouija board. There's another guy who's not participating. I'm looking out across the sea. And I turn back around and I look up at the cliff. And there's a silhouette of a man <laughs> standing at the top of this cliff just looking at us. Um, hmm. he, he's just looking at us uh, and stand there for two or three minutes just staring at this and then he just slowly fades off and backs off and he's gone um, it was a complete disappointment in terms of actually seeing or experiencing anything uh, we did not see the ghostly monks of Dunwich, we did not see any of the ghostly citizens of Dunwich, we did not hear the ghostly bells of Dunwich the three things I did see is my stupidity at driving a car in the snow near cliff edges um, three men loading what could have been a body into a car but it was probably fishing gear um, and walking around in the dead of night with no way of orientating where I was and through blind luck actually finding where we wanted to go which was probably more down to the fact this place really isn't that big anymore uh, as opposed to any sort of general steer but yes, hmm. Dunwich, the English town that was lost to the sea, uh, is still there and apparently has a very nice fish and chip shop. <laughs> lovely. <laughs> Absolutely lovely. <laughs> wow. Now, is it possible you can go back at, like during the daytime and do this without the Ouija board? I mean, and everyone in the 4x4, like, is it accessible 
Is it only accessible during certain seasons, or can you get there whenever you want? No, you'd be you'd be able to get there whenever you want. It was just a case of uh, when we actually uh, decided we were going. It wasn't snowing at the time. Then it started snowing, yes. uh, and it was like, "Shall we still go?" And I was like, "Yes, <laughs> let's still go." Yes, we shall. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's cool. Oh, it's it's cool that you actually went and went with you know people that are into it. And did anyone else have any experiences, or was it just you with the silhouette? Uh, it was. It was only me with the guy. Um, and mm. I, I just stood there staring at this guy. Um, I, I, it was probably a guy going, "What the hell are they people doing down on that beach?" That are the murderers, yeah. Yeah, well, they was like, "I gotta get them. You better shut your yeah. mouth." <laughs> <laughs> um, that was yeah. That was the um, the one in Dunnage, and I do I do actually have another one. Um, which I will tell on this podcast, actually, because it's a pretty good one. Uh, this one nice. is with the same group, but uh, I do have something I actually saw in this one. Ooh, I like it. Nice. Well, I am going to tell you a tale um, of a place I've been to many, many times. Uh, so I, this, uh, there is a great author here where I live on Long Island and she just released a new book called Haunted Long Island Mysteries. Mm-hmm. Her name is Carrie Ann Flanagan Broski and this is taken from her book. Uh, the place that we are referring to is called the Millridge Inn in Jericho, mm-hmm. uh, which is Suffolk-ish. It's kind of on the border. And uh, if you look up the Millridge Inn, it is quite old. It was actually built in 1672 is a private home uh and it looks like this beautiful house it's just you know it looks like it's from 1672 let me okay? have a look what's it called the millridge inn it's almost cottage like and if you're from long island you definitely have heard of it and if not uh just imagine this gorgeous gorgeous long flat almost ranch-like house Uh, They also have a village, which is not connected to the restaurant. And the village has general stores and uh, candy shops. And it's really geared towards children. And, you know, I've been going there. First off, my parents were married there. So Mm -hmm. there's an instant connection. And then we went there many times. I'd say once, twice, three times a year. Um, We went there for my aunt's wedding, my... And it's like 86th birthday. So I've been there many, many times. And I will just tell you my experience and then I will tell you others' experiences. But when I was a kid, we went there and we were corralled up into this very tiny room. I mean, the place looks big, but it's, again, from 16, the 1600s. It's not that big. And while I was up there, we were all squished together. And I swore that I felt just ice coldness, like just the room got so cold and I was the only one that was cold and everyone else looked to be fine. I must have been seven or eight years old. So um, thinking back on it, obviously that could have been something or I could have just been freaking cold. But um, this place has a hell of a history, which I will spare you because uh, I really urge you to pick up this book. Mm -hmm. But uh, recently at uh, 2015, they were going to sell it. 
And there was a big uprising in the community because it's been here for so long. And they were going to sell it to someone that was going to turn it into basically, you know, uh, real estate or just okay. um, houses. Um, and eventually someone stepped up and they bought it. Um, and they kept it and they preserved it, mm. which is what everyone was truly hoping for. So, um, again, beautiful, beautiful place. And what this author found uh, through interviews was that the place has a hell of a history and a lot of activity, shall we say. Okay. Um, when, they, when they were there, they found orbs and all sorts of things. But I, I'm more interested in the concrete. So... Um, the, the, there are two stories that come out of this that really stuck with me. There was a man that used to go to the Millridge Inn every Friday and Saturday night for 26 years. Uh, he would go without fail. He was a very simple man. He just enjoyed the food. And now the food is classic American, like almost British, Glenn. Like they have pot roast. They have uh, one of those stupid little crumpets you people have that I made, the popovers, the... Yorkshire puddings. Yeah, basically that, yes. It, it's very quaint. So this gentleman would come every day for 26 years, uh, every Friday, Saturday. One day he stopped, yeah. and the, the entire staff loved him. They, they adored him. They looked forward to him. He was a very nice, single guy. So when he stopped coming, they waited a couple weeks, and they said, we really need to find out what happened to him. Mm-hmm. So they traced... Um, they basically found his address through the company he was at. And one of the employers went to the house and rang the doorbell, and there was no answer. So they walked around to the side of the house, and the back door was open. They knocked again, no answer. And then they entered, and the smell was immediate. You could tell that there was a dead body. And um, what they found was that the man had been stabbed about 27 times and he was murdered and at the time of the book they were still looking for the murderer and after the book came out they found out that it was the man's brother who had a gambling addiction and asked the brother for some money and he said no and he killed him so every now and then people say that they see an old man wandering the halls of the Millridge Inn uh, that's the first story, which uh, it's in the news, not the ghost, but the murder. So that did happen. Yeah. So um, weird, weird to say the least. Um, the second story comes through <clears throat> the story of a little girl. You know, this girl was basically, from what I gathered, she grew up in the house yeah. a very, very long time ago. And something terrible happened to her, but she seems to be haunting the Millridge Inn, and people have had sightings. Um, so there's that, which, you know, you can't really corroborate that. But the most damning evidence from what I've read in this book <clears throat> was a woman that worked there. There seemed to be the employee headquarters or in the, the town, you know, across the street. But this one woman was like head of operations or whatever, and she was there by herself. And things started banging extremely loud. And she texted her friend, who of course didn't have her cell phone, saying, I need you in this house. And then it stopped. And then it started again. And she was on the verge of having a breakdown. And then 
through the glass window that has a little shroud, a little white shroud, she saw in the dining room, zipping back and forth, a black figure. She described it basically as fast as humanly possible. So the doors were slamming. This black figure is running back and forth in the dining room. Mind you, the dining room is littered with tables and nothing's getting knocked over. Just the doors are slamming. <clears throat> and this woman called her friend and said, I need you. And she didn't answer. And she decided, I need to get out of here right now. So she opened that door, ran straight through the dining room, which is a zigzag. Again, there's many tables out the front door, straight to the village, screaming. Um, and she said, I never experienced anything like that, nor will I ever want to again. So, um, yeah, it, it, the story is just pretty incredible. So that is the Millridge Inn, and it, it's such a lovely place. <laughs> it is such a, a, a little taste of history from Long Island. And if anyone's ever been there, uh, yeah, you know that it's just lost in time. But uh, again, I had no clue this place was haunted until I read the book. And that doesn't mean I believe it, but that, that's pretty uh, pretty ironic that I spent all my childhood there. And, you know, now looking back, it's like, oh, I guess I was cold. Or maybe there, a ghost tried to, you know, punch me in the face or whatever it was. So <laughs> that is the Millridge Inns. Nice. So, yeah. Pretty nice. cool. Nice. Yeah, that is pretty cool. So, I'm going to send you an image, Mike. Uh, this is going to be the story I'm going to tell you next on. Oh, awesome. This here. Oh, wow. That's, uh, it, what I'm looking at, folks, is just a beautiful, luscious field. And just this looks like a farmhouse made of bricks. Thousands of bricks gray bricks and the top is a red roof red brick roof and the inside is church pews and stone it looks like something out of a video game like skyrim so glenn what is this and don't tell me it's like oh this is the playroom for children like this is <laughs> something out of satan's mind <laughs> um okay so what you are looking at mike and i might actually use this as actually no, i'll put a link for this in the show notes please do because it's weird. This is the chapel of St. Peter on the Wall. And it's a place okay. in Bradwell-on-Sea in Essex. And this place was built in uh, 654. Wow. Okay, so you beat me by a couple <laughs> a couple years. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the one of the oldest churches uh, in mm -hmm. the UK. Mm -hmm. So what it was is, you've heard of the Saxons? Yes. Yeah, they built this church basically back back in the day in 654. Now another one with the ghost hunting group on this one is uh, actually this is the reason I, I left this ghost hunting group. But uh, this this will this is that I'll explain that afterwards. So what happens mm -hmm. is um, we drive all the way out there, and what you've got is uh, you've got this place, and there. You basically to get there, you have to drive around a hook of land, and there's only one road to actually get there. Uh, you could get there very quickly if they built a bridge across to this place, but they haven't. Uh, so you have to drive all the way out and then go back on yourself to basically end up here. Okay. So you get to the, the small village of Bradwell on Sea, 
and then you keep going and you keep going and then you hit fields and you drive up through these fields and this, this dirt track and you stop and you're at a fence post um, mm. and then you get out and you have to walk across these fields to this church so when I say church that's that's being uh, what's the word generous it's it's it, a church man it, it like uh, I don't know to me it looks pretty darn religious I mean there's a cross hanging on the side of it yeah. you can't really mistake it for a playground yeah. or you know it's, it's it's a church that hasn't changed since it's probably inception in the 600s yes. um, so so we go in and we got there probably probably about 8.30 at night and we're going to spend the night there um, oh come on yeah no no we, we did um, that's pretty cool yeah. Would you bring sleeping bags and stuff? No, we, we stayed. We stayed up all night in this church. Oh, um, wow. and uh, yeah, that's the thing. Is I got told this church had no electricity, um, and, I, and and I, I will go into this later on. And I was like, oh, that's weird. No electricity. That's crazy. So, we well, go- look at it. It's, it. There's nothing in there. Yeah. Of course, there's no outlets. It's stone. <laughs> that's literally all that's in it. Anyway. Yeah. And, and and to be fair. Um, we didn't actually plug anything in, but we, we go into this church and it is absolutely freezing in there. And uh, at the time, I was a smoker. Other people were smokers. And there was one, two, three, four, five of us in this church at this time. Um, and we're basically in there and I've got voice recorders going on and I'm, I'm shouting out things. Uh, like, is anyone here? Bacon! Cotton candy! <laughs> Soft serve ice cream. Like, what are you shouting? I'm, I'm not, what I'm saying is, like, if there's anyone here, oh, okay. uh, talk to the device in my hand. Um, uh, okay, yeah. so normal ghost things, not no, like you're no, just being no, a jerk. no, no, I'm okay. not just being a jerk. Um, okay. Yeah, talk, talk to, um, talk to my 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 hand, basically, um, and. I'm not getting anything. I won't find out there's anything anyway. And and I'm taking um, photos as well for proper camera. Because, again, this predates camera phones by quite a margin, or at least reliable camera phones. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're taking photos in there. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm saying things like speaking to this handset I've got in my hand. And the rumours are there's meant to be a headless horseman that gallops around the church. The church uh, is two feet long. Yeah, like around, as in church. outside the church. Um, there's meant to be a headless horseman, and it's meant to be some people have seen a Roman soldier uh, that walks up and down, because this place was the site of a very old Roman fort, which is long gone, but some people still see a Roman soldier near the site. Um, some people say that the horseman is the Roman soldier. Uh, some people say it's uh, something completely different. Um, but anyway, so we're in this church and nothing's happening really, nothing at all. Um, and everyone goes outside for a cigarette. Okay, so it's probably about 11 o'clock at night um, and there is no light in here. Uh, again, we've got torches in this thing. Um, I will, for some reason, they're smoking and I decide. I'm going to go back inside of this church and this thing has a huge door on it. I'm talking like a thick door, like it's reinforced against being battered open, that kind of thing. 
Okay. Yeah, not like a, a door you'd have now. This is this door is old. This thing's ancient mm. and thick and oak. Um, so I'm I go back in and I, this place is in darkness, right? Uh, yeah. And I'm standing in there and I've got a torch on. Um, I've got a torch on and this the group I'm with were about twenty feet away from the church. Mm. Right. That then I know they're not near it. And I'm standing there and I'm staring at the door um, because in my mind, in my mind, I'm going, what am I doing in here? What? And I'm th- all I'm thinking is, what am I going to do if that door closes? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I'm in a dark room with a torch. It's freezing cold in there anyway because it's all stone. And I'm thinking, this is a stupid idea. What am I going to do if that door closes? Um and I've, I've, my, my brain is going nuts, right? And do you know what happens? The door closes. No. What? Damn it. Uh, I, I, stand, I see someone walk past this door, just whoosh, outside, right? And yeah. this is the thing. Uh, I see someone walk past this door, and I, I fly out of there. I, I don't... I'm, not, I'm like, who the F was that? Sprinted out. And they're still smoking. They see me run out. And they're like, what's the matter? I went, have any of you moved? And they're quite a distance away. I would have seen them running back. And they're like, uh, no. And then I sprint out into the darkness, shining my torch around, looking for someone sprinting away from the church. No one. I do a sweep of this place, looking for someone. There's no one there. But I know I saw someone walk past this door. (laughs) Okay. Um, I'm not saying it was supernatural. But whoever it was shifted so fast, I, I just couldn't see them at all. What, uh, shape-shifted no, into what, like I, an acorn? No, no idea. Um, no one else saw anyone there. I went back after, I was like, Did you, have you seen anyone here? And they're like, no. And I was like, okay. No, what's the matter? I was like, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> I was just like... Don't worry about it. Yeah, I was just like, it, it doesn't really matter. And in my head, I'm just like... I don't know what that was, <laughs> but I saw someone. I saw the back of someone just walk past the door, and it was almost like I want you to see me. Um, they walked past this door, um, and I made sure for the rest of the night I wasn't alone in that place, and I was near the door because <laughs> um, I just had this horrible foreboding something was going to happen. Anyway, so we go back in, we settle down a bit. Um, they start messing about with the Ouija board again. Um, mm. And this one guy, and he was he was such a fraud, and he he claimed to have contacted this Roman soldier on the Ouija board. Okay. Uh huh. And it was spelling out blah blah blah, and it says it wanted to speak to someone, and he he said, he said right spell out the name of the person you want to speak to, and guess whose name it says? It says Glenn. Okay. Of course. Yeah. It of does. course it does. Of course it does. Right. So. I, I can't even remember what I said now, but I I, to, I asked him to ask him this in Latin um, and repeat, <laughs> gave him a phrase in Latin. So I'm like, well, if the guy's Roman, he's got to speak Latin, okay? <laughs> um, You're good, man. Yeah. That's good. Uh, all right. And what happens? He, oh, he's gone. He, he's gone. Oh, of course. Uh, he yeah, he's retreated back. And it's like, uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's funny that, isn't it? <laughs> um because I'm like, well, if you got, if it, this, this this is an excellent opportunity. If if there's a Roman soldier there, he's going to speak Latin back to me. Um, 
you know, and he might know Latin and he might be able to fake it, but he's pretty much cult on the back foot. Um, yeah. So he says he's gone. Okay, uh, right, fair enough. So they pack the Ouija board away. Uh, I start taking photos uh, of the church with a proper camera. And it's a digital camera at the time. Um, and we notice, what happens is we notice uh, what looks like someone bending over at the back, like in prayer, like they're on their knees in prayer. Okay. Uh, and it's an orange glow in the shape of a person. And everyone is like, what the F is that? Um, and I was like, oh, that, is, that is weird. I can't explain that. And my friend I'm with is like, that is really odd. What is that? And I'm like, I don't know. I can't explain what that is. But to me, you know, your brain is, is tuned to fill in human shapes. That's what your brain does. Um, and we're seeing a person in prayer which is really weird. They're, they're doing all the temperature checks and that near where the photo was taken. While they're doing this, I said to him, wait, let's go outside a second. He comes out, we walk around the back of the church and we start taking photos in the back of the church. Uh, and I'm like, I know what it is. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, look at the stone. Stone's the same on the outside that is on the inside at that particular point in the back. Um, and it's producing this orange hue from where the flash is going off on it. Mm -hmm. I was like, it's the stone. It's how the light reacts with the stone. It's doing something mm -hmm. funky um, with the picture it's capturing. I said, like, I don't think it is. Anyway, we don't tell them this. Um, we don't We don't tell them that's what it is. Uh, and we go back in and I, I put the camera away and that. And they're like, you're going to have to give us those photos. And I'm like, yeah, 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 sure, I will. I said, oh, I want to run them through Photoshop first and just have a look at them. Um, hmm. So what happens is I'm going back with a tape recorder um, and that's, that's, that's the last thing. Occasionally we heard like a squeak of a chair or something, but it could have been someone hitting them. Um, hmm. And we go back, we've, we've, we've done with the investigation. I look into these photos and I'm like, yep, it is that. And I start messing around with, you know, various levels and I'm basically reducing the glare, restoring the stone. I'm like, right, that is a, that is a, you know a defect in the photo that's not a ghost it's just how the light's reacting um i email them the photos and i tell them what it is i'm like these aren't ghosts this is how the lights hit this particular type of stone here's the corrective version blah 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 um and they, they used to publish all this stuff online anyway uh the one thing <laughs> and i i wish i still had this and i'm sure i've told you this before the one thing is on the voice recordings I had, and I had to listen to hours of this stuff. Um, and you can hear me clearly say, and the microphone is at a distance because it's in my hand. You can clearly hear me say, if there's anyone here uh, that wishes to talk to me or make communication, you need to speak into this device in my hand. And what sounds like very close to the microphone sounds like someone says, get gone. Nice. <laughs> you gotta. I want to hear that. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm sure I've got it on a hard drive. Or so. I know it's the old classic. Oh, it's on a hard drive somewhere. I've got yeah. to sit and mentally think about what happened to my computer, where this was on, because uh, it's a different. So, computer. what did you? What, what was your reaction? Uh, when I heard that, I, I I walked down the street to my friends, uh, and I played it to him. I went, "What does this sound like?" And he sat and listening to you. That sounds like I said. I'm not going to tell you what I think it sounds like because I don't want to, in, you know, encourage yeah. you. He said that sounds like someone says something into that microphone. 
That's like it, now. L- let me ask you because I, I, over the past week I've listened to a lot of EVPs, a yep. lot of ghost boxes, uh, spirit boxes. Was it clear or was it just like? Uh, no, this, this 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 is the thing. This was clear to the point of my my brain went. Someone must have said that that was in the group, okay. and it's picked it up. So it didn't sound like a Slayer concert, just like no. It sounded like okay. someone went get gone. And I was like, okay. I was like, what weird, oh, weird wording. I get gone yes. as well, you know, get gone. And it's like, <laughs> you know, I understood it, but it's like, you know, that that's a like a country boy kind of thing. Like you get gone kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I'm gonna have to find it. But he said the same thing. He says it sounds like someone says like get gone or get going or something along those mm-hmm. lines. Um, I thought it was him for a bit who'd managed to do it without me there because it was quite dark anyway. Uh, yes, yeah, so we had that. his voice, yeah, I mean. Yeah, it was, it was odd. It was really odd. It was like someone had gone, walked up next to my microphone and just bent down and went, get gone. Um, and obviously, it's no good to me because I can't hear the thing until I'm playing it back later. So I've clearly infuriated someone. Um, <laughs> so we have that happen. Um, and then I send these photos off. I send them the before ones and the after ones. And do you know what this ghost group does? They publish what? them as... Um, genuine proof sightings of a ghost praying inside this church we investigated even though i completely debunked them before they even done them they published them and said there was a ghost um well, and that's I, a whole another story yeah that just... was it and i was like ah yeah i'm gonna just cut my ties here i think yeah probably a smart move it's... yeah well at least you have that experience and you can uh, hopefully have the recording because that's you know it's unexplained that that's good, but at least you could debunk one thing because I personally, I watch these ghost shows and I read these things, and the bottom line is, as a ghost person, hunter, whatever you want to be called, it's your job to debunk it before you accept it, you know. And if it's unexplained, then it's unexplained. But like, and my rant for the episode is basically, whenever you watch these shows nothing happens oh so, something cold touched my back great that's not evidence okay mm. like just like for me that's not evidence is when i was a kid it's like no it could be explained there was a breeze you know like or i saw something well did you get it on camera no okay um well uh, th- the audio all right the, the woman clearly says get out all right you play the audio and it's yeah it's like so <laughs> Clear evidence is very hard to come by. And um, <clears throat> recently I was listening to The Skeptic's Guide to the Universe, which debunks everything. And they were talking about the Warrens and their most uh, damning piece of evidence was the lady in white in a graveyard. And you can watch the video online. Mm-hmm. And the, the, uh, what's his name? Mr. Warren showed it. My mind is blank. Ed Warren. And Ed, thank you. And you can barely see it. It's all the way in the back. It's a thousand feet away. And it's just this little white speck. So the guys from the podcast said, hey, can we borrow that and run it through our own set of tests? And he immediately shut it down. He's like, nope, only copy. I'm like, we'll make a copy. He's like, nope, this is mine. You can't look at it again. Bye. So coming by hard evidence seems to be very, very difficult. So um, is that the end of yours, Glenn? I, I don't mean to cut you off. No, that's yeah, that's the end of mine. Okay, that is the end of mine. But 
Speaking of hard evidence, this next one is something that I can put to the test, and uh, I almost did. But um, we are going to speak about something very local in the town that I lived in for about 14 years. And these are two roads, Mount Misery <laughs> nice, and Sweet Hollow Road. And they are both in Huntington, uh, Melville, where I used to live. And... Uh, <sighs> This is one of those that it's really hard to find clear-cut story. The lore is blended. The two streets run parallel to each other. So that's where we start. So whenever someone tells a story that I've researched, it, it they get the streets mixed up. So take it all with a grain of salt in terms of facts. But uh, the stories are the stories, and they could have happened on either road. So that's the premise. So... Sweet Hollow Road, um, it's this tiny road. There's no way two cars can get past it. It's literally like surrounded by trees. And same goes for Mount Misery. And the stories begin with a UFOologist named Bill Nell. Now, before I even start with him, Bill Nell has been debunked as a, a kook, a crackpot, a liar. Okay, so let's start there and he said that at least two native american tribes considered this area taboo like they would not go to mount misery road that's how like the bad things happen there people crossed it hundreds of years ago and died so uh that's where the first story comes from but it gets its name because a lot of bad things happen on that miserable road. In the mid-1700s, a very small mental asylum was built. And, you know, they had a lot of people in this mental asylum. And one day, one of the patients set fire to the whole thing and burned it all to the ground. Everyone in it dead. Okay? Okay. Um, She, it was a woman that burned down the, the thing, the hospital. And they say that this lady still haunts the area and is known as the Lady in White. So if you are passing Mount Misery uh, very late at night, there are reports of seeing the woman in white on the side of the road just with her head down. Um, You know, she was suffering from depression before she set the whole place on fire. So that's the first one. The next comes from Sweet Hollow Road, which is right across there. There are stories of mass suicide from uh there's an overpass to the northern state parkway and a story goes that a group of teenagers all hung themselves from that overpass Uh, i have not been able to find anything to corroborate that of course because this is a ghost story but um that was the first thing and from what i can gather the lady in white likes to travel because people have said that they've saw her also on this road but the biggest thing and the thing that i'm going to go and debunk but uh if under the overpass if you put your car in neutral okay supposedly a set of ghost hands in quote will begin to push your car and the first thing my fiance said was it's on a hill mike it's on a hill. So, of course, I looked. It's not on a hill. Um, but it, it, that's logic for you, you know. And um, people have tried this. Uh, it, it, people go on haunted road trips just to come to this underpass, put it in neutral, and get pushed. 
uh, one of the pe- people that I, I've read about, he said that did not happen. However, there was a sign that was spray painted or just a sign materialized that said, help me. Okay. Uh, people have come here and got pushed uphill, pushed downhill, pushed, you know, every which way without any visual presence of anything. So I am so skeptical of the whole thing, but these two parallel roads have a history unlike any other on, you know, Long Island. And it is gloomy. If you go there and I've passed it, it is not a place you really want to be. So um, they say the woman's name is Sally and she appears on Mount Misery. Okay. And and she also appears on a Sweet Hollow Road. So um, this area is quite active and quite well known to a lot of people in terms of, you know, if you are interested in the paranormal, you know these roads. Even if you live on Long Island, you know these roads. So I don't want to promise something and and not, you know, uh, do it, but I am going to go to this road. I am going to go under the overpass and stick my car in neutral and video it. Okay. Please Uh, do. I don't know when. But uh, I, when I go visit family, I am probably 10 minutes away from the road. So not even. I will make it a point to do that and report back what happens. If anything happens, if I see a woman in white, you know, I'm an old man and I go to sleep at 8 o'clock. Uh, generally, it, things don't happen at 8 p.m. So I will go much, much later if I can drink some coffee. But that is the story of Sweet Hollow Road and Misery Road, Mount Misery Road. And uh, it's obviously named... Mount Misery because of the amount of casualties from the fire. There is a hill. People died on that hill. And uh, yeah, so very cool little piece of local lore. And a lot of people have had a lot of different instances with it. So there's that one. That is pretty damn cool. Yeah. Yeah, I like that they're parallel to each other. It's just like, wow. I mean, and I'd like to think in my brain that the asylum, although small, was positioned over both of those roads and you know uh the remnants of whatever was there you know seeped into the the soil and just terrible stuff is happening but i will go and report back so 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 basically this road is it on any sort of hill i will have to go and report um that area of long island does have a lot of hills but from the Google Earth, um, and again, I, I've been on it. it. It just, it is so nondescript, Glenn. Like, it, you can look it up on Google Maps, which I'm going to do right now. It is just a road. If you imagine Sleepy Hollow, like, I'm going to send it to you. I'm literally going to send it to you right now. And everyone else, you can put it in the show notes. Like, Okay, let's have a look right now. Hopefully it works. I don't know. Doing, doing live it, reaction videos now. Let's have a look. Yeah, God. You go... It, it, oh, okay. <laughs> that's not a good sign. It's uh, a straight road, man. It, and there's like someone's driveway, private property. Like, people live around here. But if you look at it, it is surrounded by brush and it is desolate. What do you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, God, that's the kind of thing you'd expect to see someone come running out of the woods at you. Yeah, yeah, it, it just screams horror, and the mind is an amazing thing, so I can imagine how people could see something, but if I was driving on that, 
and a woman in white was on the side of the road, which folks that aren't seeing this, obviously, there's about a foot between you and the trees. If there was a woman in that foot of space, I would go straight into the forest. My car would be so far off that I'd be gone. But it's creepy. Yeah, that's 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 not good. No, no, so that's not good at all. <laughs> I truly hope to get some evidence for myself, or at least be brave enough to go there, and you know. But uh, it would be fun. It'd be a fun little Halloween activity. So. Maybe on a future podcast, I can report back and say, hey, guys, I went. Uh, here's the YouTube video you can watch. I will narrate it. I will uh, hopefully not get attacked by a lady in white or, you know, have if, my car yeah, pushed. If you do, um, point, the, point the camera at her. Oh, of course. Of course I will. You know, I'm going to have a dash cam set up, and then I'll have my phone set up. And, you know, especially during the, uh, the neutral thing. That's easy. I'm just going to put it in neutral. And if I move... Oh, yeah. yeah. God help us all. So, yeah, th- those are fun ones. Those are provable ones. Those are ones I can go to. And it's very simple. You know, you, you put the car in neutral and you wait. I'll wait 15 minutes and nothing happens. I'm out. But, um, yeah. So, that's my stories for the day, Glenn. And uh, I rather enjoyed yours as well. I have some more, but I think we should save them. For yes, a- I think we should. Uh, so, for this episode of Tea and Grumpets and our local haunt special local to our hearts local to our minds and very personal um i have been glenn and i have been mike and you can join us next week where we discuss the mysterious phenomenon that is poltergeists take care and pleasant dreams <laughs>